Hey, Real Talk listeners, welcome back. We are in, gosh, Michelle, our second uh, to last episode in the voice of HR. So we have been speaking with business leaders at organizations uh, around the world uh, over this last couple of weeks. And we've had some incredible, incredible communication with individuals about really why it's important for us to have HR presence within an organization. And so today we have a special guest joining Michelle and I. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. So tell us, special guests, all about yourself. Well, I don't know about all about myself, but uh, my name is Tony Scala. I'm vice president of sales and marketing, large hospitality group. Been doing this now for 10 years. Have an amazing team uh, supporting multiple departments and uh, I couldn't do it without HR. And so when you asked me to speak on it, I was happy to, to oblige. So hopefully I, I can share a couple of takeaways that people will, will appreciate. That's awesome. No, uh, yeah, I appreciate you joining because I know how passionate you are about having, you know, the right sidekick next to you, helping you make the right decisions. So yeah, it's great for you to be here. And we have Michelle. Michelle, welcome again to our Voice of HR. My favorite thing is to hear directly from a business partner, an HR business partner. And the reason for that is because HR has made some, as a, as a whole, and if you're an HR practitioner listening to me, please feel free to send the emails. I'll answer them. I know you're going to be mad. But the truth is, we've made some pretty big mistakes trying to find our place in businesses. And in a lot of organizations, we still sort of just fall in this administrative hole where it's like, move this, do this, give a raise, and we're not partners. So Tony, I really want to start with when you think about your sidekick, as Maria called them, what do you want from your HR partner? What's important to you? So, you know, I think first and foremost, uh, the most important thing is that that person that we establish trust and the, uh, the understanding that that person is going to be my right hand as well. And I may have several right hands. I have a large SLT or or leadership team uh, that I count on for a various number of things. But it's important to understand that the the structure, everything runs through that HR partner. And so I want that to really run through the entire leadership team. But there are very few positions that really touch everyone on a daily basis. And so being part of the bigger picture, you're kind of the conduit to all of these departments working harmoniously, right? We want everybody on the same vision, going for the same thing. And, and it starts with, with, with having someone who is structurally sound and in, in understanding their role is not to necessarily be my partner, but to be everyone's partner. And, and uh, so it's really, really important to me that we start off with a structure that, or an understanding, I, I should say, of what that that person's role is in in terms of the larger scope of the team, and you know, yes, there are our process and procedure and and things that are are very important to establish, and there's going to be risk, you know, that that we're going to uh, discuss and 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 things of that nature. Obviously, there's going to be legal things. I'm not a lawyer, and I certainly need someone to help me with advice, particularly as in the state of California, that can be a little bit more challenging than some. But overall, it's it's more about the the voice of the people and to embody that, you know, be a part of that and and 
helping set the stage for the culture, being a part of the culture, not 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 writing about it or or delivering an SOP. That is not what the the job is. So, okay. So on the flip side of that, in your career, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen us make when it comes to developing that relationship? And you should know. I've already called this out for everything. So please don't feel bad because usually it's me that's calling us out. No, I, you know, I, I, I can't certainly that there are missteps, you know, I think, you know, it's fair to say, obviously we're all going to do that. You know, I think one of the, the biggest, at least I, I've seen is, is where speaking to what you talked about earlier is kind of retreating, uh, you know, going into a silo mode and, and working independently, that's going to get us nowhere. And so you can deliver a lot from behind a desk or in a in an office, but it's nothing to the amount that you can deliver in person with people, being engaged, staying you know on point, being on the floor, if you will, or 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 you know out out of the office. You know the most important thing is to be visible, and I see sometimes I think just comes with the territory a little bit. You know I I'm obviously a sales and marketing guy, a very A type out there. You know, I want to be in the mix of everything and and maybe sometimes to that personality trait or point that that someone coming into the 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 world of human resources is not necessarily geared to to that to that level of of engagement and can find yourself sometimes getting buried. And the other thing that happens, I think, unfortunately for for you guys is that is that you're put in that place because of a leader like myself or or others counting on you to do all of these administrative tasks, if you will, or, or writing SOPs or do that should be a, a joint effort. That should be something you do as a team. That should be, I'm, I'm, I obviously we all need someone to lead that, right. Or, or to bullet some of those examples, because, you know, you got a lot more free thinking individuals that it would, it kind of look messy if I were to just write out what I thought the business rules should be, I think. Yeah. You know, people would get the idea, but it would it would be passionate, but a little crazy. So everyone needs that, but it's super super important to to ground yourself in the people aspect of what you're doing. You know, we say a lot of time it's it's resources for humans, not human resource. That's not we're not mining anything out of your office. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Tony, have you ever seen the TV show The Office? Yes. Have you ever had a Toby for an HR person? <laughs> uh, no, I, I can't speak to that directly. I don't think I've seen it enough <laughs> to draw that comparison. Someone very like, you have to make sure you show up on time. 801 is not right. Yeah. So And so, you know, I think by nature, I think part of what I do is I kind of soften those edges. That's, that's I you know, I take that responsibility almost um, inherently as someone who will help round it off. You know, we, we don't, we're, we're not living in a box and I don't need you to be a square. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's, let's work together, you know, holistically and, and uh, we, we can make anything work. So you actually mentioned a couple things and I want to revisit a few of those, but first I want to start with uh, kind of overall, like our listeners have heard this before. What our stance at Real Talent is that HR should be, you mentioned the phrase subject matter expert, like you may not know as much about that part of the business, but the piece we do know, like you say, it is hard to be an employer in California. 
without a doubt. It is hard, right? And so we do bring that expertise and we bring that that knowledge, but it works in conjunction, like when it comes to policies and procedures and stuff, we bring that base knowledge of what the labor laws happen to be to the conversation. But the other people at the table bring what it means to be in sales and marketing and how that works and how sales and marketing impacts operation based on ebbs and flows of business, right? And then operations and how that impacts all of our decisions. It's Ours is one voice in a collective. Our expertise just happens to be things like labor laws and policies and procedures, right? But it still has to be done with the greater team. Oh, 100%, 100%. You know, I, I, I firmly believe everyone has to have a voice. You know, you can have your subject matter expert, if you will, in any any area devised, but the, the best ideas, the best performance, the best culture is going to come from an inclusive deal where everybody has the ability to kind of have input. And, and it, it goes back to that. It doesn't matter what business you're in. We're in a people business. So I, you know, hospitality, sales, this, that, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the reality is we're in the people business first. If you get the people part right, you, you, you can win at anything. And so very important to have everyone have a voice in that. It cannot come from a, 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 a megaphone out of one corner of the, the room. It, Def, um, we also believe, and I loved how you said you're there to soften the edges because we also believe, and maybe not all HR does, we happen to believe this, that our job is to support you so that you are the face of your team. We don't want, like most people that go into HR don't go into this to be the outspoken person on a stage or to be the person commanding stuff. But our job is to put you in a position where you're better equipped to do those things. And the Tobys of the world do not make that easy. Yeah. If ever get a chance to dig into Toby on the office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think you put it great. The idea though of, of supporting me to be my best is what we're all trying to do for each other. And that, that's not really a departmental role. That's the difference in the culture, right? And and getting getting it to that level. You know, people talk a lot about about metrics, right? And and you know everyone has goals, everyone has metrics, everyone has a number, whatever the number is. You know, and you can talk about that in anything, right? In in recruiting, retention, all these different aspects. Uh, but to, to fully understand what we're all really trying to do is is getting everybody on the same page. But yes, playing to everyone's strengths. But like I said, it's definitely a collective piece. So I couldn't do it without without our HR partners here. That certainly goes without saying for the entire time. Uh, you know, I've been in in, in leadership and and really prior to. But uh, yeah. So when you think about someone maybe coming into the hospitality space for the first time, and I'm going to pause for just a second. Sometimes I like stories. Sorry. This won't be a long story, I promise. But in the world of HR, we tend to find that our core knowledge is super transferable. But one of the things that Marie and I do both agree on is even if you transfer to a different industry, you've got to get in and learn how that industry works. So even if that wasn't your originator. So I started in um, printing 
then shipping, then restaurants, then manufacturing. So I've been all over. And one of the things that I do immediately is try to surround myself by people who know the business and I listen because I don't want to make policies that don't fit the business. What advice would you give someone who's transitioning into a new industry to get comfortable with that industry? So there's nothing you can do. You know, you can read all about the company. You can, you can, you can go back and listen to earnings calls. You can, you can interview a few associates or, or, or what have you. Nothing will take the place of walking a mile in their, in their shoes. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that you actually have to go work in that department, if you will, at an associate level. But what you, what, what does need to happen is be open enough to ask, ask for some serious time with the, the folks that are leading those departments or, or leaders or managers or, or what have you. And, and, you know, really assimilate yourself like into, into the day-to-day operation. And it's not easy because you're constantly from day one, even moving industries, you're going to be asked to task this and task this and, 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 and so on and so forth. You really got to be able to put some of those things aside and say, what's more important right now is me spending the next couple of days entrenched in 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 this marketing department with these leaders so i can understand what their goals and objectives and what they're driving what 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 makes their people tick what is what are they looking to to get out of their day and then how can i best support that or or put them in a position to win you know that maybe maybe they are or are not seeing right the last thing you want to do is go in and shotgun a bunch of ideas and at, at people who you, you quite don't understand right? for lack of a better way of explaining that. So the only way to understand is to spend time with them, take the time to, even if it's not necessarily learning what they do every day, but being a part of what they're doing every day, right? I don't have to do what my partner in business operations is doing, right? I don't have to do that. But what I do, what I do need to do is I need to understand what their interactions are like with every day and what does their day look like and, and how much time are they spending at a computer? Can I get them off of there? Is, it, is there more socializing that can be done that could, could help their performance on the back end? Or you know, is their team struggling with something? How many team members do they have? Like, what is that really like? And so I think every department has their own kind of intricacies. Having a team that understands each other is is ultra important. But again, if you're the conduit for all of these different business entities, you have to figure out a little bit of each of those things. And the only way to do that is to to put yourself in there and immerse yourself in in their situation for, you know, and again, I mean, I'm not saying take one week here and one week there, but give yourself ample time. To, to spend with the people that are, are making it happen. That really are, you know, people say, keep the main thing, the main thing. Well, <laughs> how do you keep the main thing, the main thing, if you're not really knowing what their main thing is? Exactly. So, yeah. So, well, and I tell everybody they need to do that at the beginning, because once you start ramping up and you have work on your plate, it's a lot harder to immerse yourself into a business and learn and stop and kind of reverse back into that training mode. <laughs> 100%. That has to happen up front. That needs to be yeah. the time. And you need to be willing enough to go to that person and to that leader or whoever it is who brought you on and say, I really want to do this. It's going to make 
me better for you and for everyone that, that we work with. And uh, I, I'd be shocked to not have someone welcome that with open arms and be like, wow, this is different. You know, like, right back to your point of the, the standardized, what do you think you're getting with an HR partner, right? <laughs> you're, you're breaking the mold on day one by saying something like that. And, and obviously showing someone you care, that goes as long away as everything else. But by doing it up front, you'll, you'll be miles ahead of, of, of anyone in that role. Interesting, the variances that can happen from industry to industry that you don't even think about. Like two in particular, when I jumped into manufacturing, um, I started working with our OD team to put together first-time manager training. And we were going to offer it to what we call shift supervisors. And in the industry I'd come from, shift supervisors would have been responsible for some pretty big stuff, opening closing of restaurants, managing feedback with employees, scheduling employees. And then when I got into this industry, what I found out was shift supervisor really just meant they knew how to work every position. And so I was I was literally preparing content that was completely out of line for what they needed. So I had to shift that. The other thing that just stood out to me dramatically was I remember when I was first told about the attendance policy in manufacturing, and I remember laughing and going, uh, we won't be doing that anymore because it just seems so foreign to me because in a retail or a restaurant space, the world doesn't end just because an employee doesn't show up for work. Usually, you know, customers may have to wait longer, but typically work continues In the manufacturing business I was in, literally an entire shift shuts down until you reshift where people are in order to make it work. And so having an attendance policy became critical, a lot more critical than in the spaces I was used to. Now, for the record, if I'd stayed there, I'm convinced I would have gotten rid of it because it was ridiculous. But... I would have done it progressively instead of one foul swoop once <laughs> I understood the impact of people not showing up to work. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when you talk about attendance, obviously the show must go on and all that good stuff. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, what I've found is, is what fixes attendance. And it goes back to that. It's the culture piece. You know, you, people got to want to go to work. Right. And if they don't like working there and they don't like who they're with or they don't know some of the people that they're with, they may not be inclined to go to work. And obviously, we found, you know, using California as an example, there's a lot of outs. There's a lot of ways not to go to work. Yes. There are. <laughs> so you've got to have someone in a situation where their overwhelming response to the, 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 the future, their next day, is that I want to be there. Right. And so... You know, you you guys, I'll tell you what, and that and that's been a huge part of really the last 12 months, 18 months. You find I see so many teams, you know, that I, I work closely with uh struggle with this, you know, and uh, knock on wood, it's not something that I've I've had to endure. But I will tell you that, you know, I watch various teams in our industry within within our our, our scope of our company or outside of it. And you see all these other, you know, businesses that are being super challenged with getting people back to work or people not wanting to go to work. And 
some of that is is this social and 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 political and other pressures that are things that are far out, outside of what our our ability to control are but a lot of it is is because it wasn't it wasn't grounded when you left or when we came into these challenges and so as one challenge piled onto the next you guys have you know like i said i couldn't do it without without you but the complexity is is unparalleled in what everyone has experienced in the last 18 months beyond the pandemic and then the social stuff and then you know you've you've got new reasons to to be more vigorous about diversity and 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 inclusion and all these different things and you know thankfully we were i i believe ahead of that and a lot of that was because of our partnerships of of all of our all of our team not not singling out one in particular but certainly to navigate all of that with what well, we wouldn't have been able to without an hr part i mean they were coming up with a new rule for covid every day almost you know of like how you handled it, what you did, what the hourly was, what you get, what you don't get, what, you know, right. if you have it, what, you know, how long is the, I mean. It, yeah, it was great. Yeah, as fluid of a situation as, as I can remember. And it's one where you were not for the first time really face to face with your team because you couldn't be, which yep. was a whole nother level, right? I, I think I'm pretty good. I can inspire some people, but I got to get in front of you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so so it you realize the amount of deposits that were made much earlier on are what has paying the bills now you know yeah you are you are the second person you you said it a little bit different you're the second guest we've had on this podcast who's basically said it's coming through coming out of 2020 and even the first part of 2021 successfully is really a result of what you were doing before 2021 or 2020, before lockdown, before Black Lives Matter, before George Floyd, before all of that stuff. Yeah. That's what allowed you to come through this successfully. I couldn't agree more. A hundred percent. Yeah, there's no way. I talk about it a lot here, you know, and 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 our team knows, you know, it's it's uh well, you slice it right down the middle. We're, we're responsible 50-50. 50% of it is behavior and 50% of it is results. But if we don't get the behaviors right, the results aren't coming. So you can go back to the beginning and start with that. And thankfully, we've been on that for a long, long time. And those behaviors have translated into us coming through something better than most. I, I you know, I, I don't, I'm short to say that we're the be all end all, but I'll, I'll tell our team for sure. Um, but a lot of that is like you said, it, it was all predicated upon what was, what was happening prior to the challenges that we've faced and yeah. continue to face now. I mean, it's still a new thing. It's still, you know, a little bit. Every single day, a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony, so, uh, you know, I guess, Take away from this podcast for our listeners, if there are other business leaders that are having challenges with their HR, you know, reps or any HR reps that are out there kind of listening, like what advice would you give to those, you know, if you had three takeaways from today or any feedback for the listeners of, of business leaders that you would give to help support the relationship between business leaders and HR? What would be some takeaways? You know, I I, I think the openness, uh, you know, I, I think is the biggest takeaway. Be open, communicate, be real with each other. You know, uh, I think far too many times, 
you know, don't don't get caught speaking from a position of title, whatever that is. My job is this. So I need to X. Your job is this and you need to Y, you know, get yourself out of that. The best way you know how take a holistic approach to the entire business, every business partner, not just HR, but from an HR perspective, have a a greater understanding of what all of these people combined are trying to, to accomplish and not just looking at the end result, but the pieces that get you there one by one by one. And, and uh, it it is not a divide and conquer at any point in time. (laughs) It's gotta be an all for one kind of deal and uh, you'll succeed. All right. Well, you heard it first listeners uh, from Tony's uh, mouth to your ears. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye. 